very first episode of Cinemines, a name that we definitely did not just come up with right before we started this podcast. <laughs> it's me, your host, Austin, and I'm here with my lovely, lovely girlfriend, Hannah. Hello. And we decided to create a movie podcast uh, to run alongside a podcast that I already do with some friends uh, because we wanted to share some separate opinions on movies that maybe we wouldn't watch necessarily in that podcast, but we would watch for this one. So we decided to watch one of Hannah's favorite movies called The Green Book. But before we talk about The Green Book, we want to talk a little bit about this podcast and kind of how it's going to work. So we decided that we wanted to kind of do themed months. Now, what I'm going to say is probably the first month we're not going to have a theme because we're just getting it started and we're kind of getting a feel for the software, getting a feel for how everything works. Once we get the idea of how this stuff rolls, um, which, I mean, we already have a good idea of how to do it. I just want to make sure everything's done right and released correctly for everybody out there. But um, once we do it, we're going to have themed months. You know, we're going to have like documentary months and we're going to have like action movie months and like Hannah chooses a month, I choose a month and and so on and so forth where we just kind of choose movies within a specific theme. Um, we haven't quite decided whether we're going to release an episode either once a week or if we're going to release them once every two weeks. Um, that's still kind of up in the air. It kind of depends on how much we watch, which to be fair, we might do once a week because we watch stuff yeah, kind we, of a lot. We watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, we watch movies pretty often. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, uh, we decided to call it Cinemines because, you know, we watch <laughs> movies <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, but great, now that we got that out of the way. What we want to discuss first, which is uh, what have we been watching lately? So, Hannah, since I just spoke for like two minutes straight, <laughs> I'll let you uh, kind of take the reins here. So, what have you been watching lately? Um, well, everything that I've watched, you've watched because we watch literally everything together. Um, but we saw like like three or four movies within like two weeks, like at the movie theater, all horror movies, A Quiet Place to. Uh, the Conjuring 3, um, which I didn't actually watch either of those. I closed my eyes pretty much the whole time, but, you know. Hannah's a big baby. I still jumped anyway because <laughs> the sound scared me enough. So um, I introduced you to La La Land, and uh, finally, I tried to do that about a year ago, and it failed, but we finally had a, a successful watching of that, and you liked that a lot. Which I want to I wanna, I wanna clarify that I do like... I do like musical movies. I do, I do like them if they're very well done. I'm just always skeptical going into a musical because I don't like I have a very specific taste when it comes to like most people when it comes to music and when a musical doesn't hit that specific taste for me, I, I'm just not going to like it. And uh, to that up before we watched La La Land and if I don't count Disney movies, I think Sweeney Todd is the only musical mm. that I had ever seen up to that point. Which is a good movie. It's a good, and you know what? The first time I saw it was because you showed me. I'd actually never seen it before that. So and it's it's so wonderful. Oh, it's so well such, done. Such a good movie. Um, but Hannah kept pressing about this La La Land movie, and I had heard of it, and Hannah showed it to me once before, though I didn't remember her showing it to me until I watched the intro again. Yeah, it was just the intro that we watched. We didn't watch past that the first time. That's true. But after I watched the intro and watched the rest of the movie, I can safely say that La La Land is now one of my favorites. Um, the it's music when it was really good, the acting and it was really good. So La La Land was great, and she is right. I forgot that we have gone to the movies for the past like two <laughs> or three weeks straight, and we watched 
Literally. Oh, and In the Heights. We watched that. Oh, like, yeah. Like, we what, did. Like a week and a half ago or something. So that was another musical that we both watched together oh, like, yeah. recently. Literally in the past month, all in the movie theaters, we saw In the Heights, Conjuring 3, Spiral, uh, <laughs> Quiet Place Part 2. Spiral's really bad if you guys are fans of the Saw movies. Just so you know ahead of time, Spiral is very, very bad. Um, but, yeah, no, we have watched a lot. A lot of horror movies because I love horror movies. So I probably will make Hannah watch horror movies uh, once or twice for this particular podcast. I don't like horror <laughs> movies, but here I am. I know you watch a lot of uh, Law & Order SVU. Yeah, that's my, like, fave show, probably. Yeah, the whole 22 seasons. <laughs> I'm on <laughs> season 18 right now, so. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> I, I literally can't. do nothing <laughs> on my days off. <laughs> I can't stand TV shows that have, like, more than, I don't know, like, 10 seasons. Because, like, I just don't see how you can keep going. Like, how do you keep making a show after 10 seasons? It has to be start becoming It's because this- it's based on... Like real things that could happen in real life, and so like I mean, there's endless. But how many times? How many times things. can you kill somebody? It's it's not always just killing someone. It's a whole like there's different situations in everyone. Like yes, some of them could be similar to like other uh, situations that happen in the show, but overall, like every episode is different, and like they also have things that happen like to. Uh, like the main characters and so it creates a storyline for that character for a few episodes so it's not just like oh every episode someone kills someone and then maybe or maybe not they go to jail it's not like that i'm never gonna watch it (laughs) (laughs) plus i love mariska hargitay probably hands down one of my favorite actresses ever i love her and outside of that trash uh we watch uh i'm hurt (laughs) (laughs) we we watch a lot of uh whose line is it anyway that show is a bit of a throwback because we only watch the Drew Carey seasons of Whose Line Is Anyway, mostly because it's on HBO Max. I watched that when I was like six or seven. Like, But we watch it now almost every night. It's almost a comfort show, like it just to watch show. for uh, for the comedy, just because mm-hmm. some of it's really, really well done through uh, Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles specifically. No, oh, so good. Not that Wayne Brady's bad. I think Wayne Brady's great, but he... Uh, He's good for the singing portion of it. He does a lot of singing, and I'm not big on... On the songs and whose line is it anyway? I mean, I'm not huge on him either, but it's ve- he's a very talented person to be able to come up with those songs like on the spot like oh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love. Wayne I could Brady. never do it. <laughs> I love Wayne Brady. I, I also love. I Wayne would Brady. marry Wayne Brady. I would also marry Wayne Brady. You can't say that. What? Okay. <laughs> I can say that. You can't say. That. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> you can marry Colin Mockery. I'm going to marry Wayne Brady. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> or Ryan Styles. He's great too. He's so tall. That doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> I don't it means care. everything to me. I'm so short. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, but, you know, that's about probably the gist on what we've watched, I'd say, mm-hmm. in the past. Honestly, we, I guess when I said we what we recently watched, I kind of meant in the past week, but we just kind of went. We talked about a lot of stuff. What we talked about? Spy. We, yeah, we watched In the Heights, too. Yeah, you said that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we've watched a lot of good stuff. Um also, another idea for this podcast, um, and please, if you're listening to this, uh, feel free to give us feedback. I'll probably keep a email in our descriptions. Uh, I'm going to create an email for the podcast uh, where people can email it and we can get uh, suggestions and maybe even a Facebook page, too, to talk about stuff um, if you guys are into it. But um, we're thinking of only making it like a 30-minute podcast, maybe sometimes a 40-minute, depending on if her and I start to argue about things, which might happen. Uh, but you know, at the same time, uh, I think 30 minutes is a good window for a podcast. So we're going to try to keep it 
pretty short and sweet. So uh, if you have a short drive to work or if you're just at home and you're cleaning and you want to listen to something in the meantime, this might be good to pop on and listen to if you want to keep it nice and compact. Now, however, if you are into podcasts that are really long, I'd hate to put a shameless plug here, but um, I am in another podcast called Podcast the Movie the Podcast, and it's me and some of the guys that I work with, and we do about an hour and a half long a deep dive movie podcast where we talk about very very specific films. It's usually big like triple A movies and stuff. But it's a very good you, podcast if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, but this is more of the short and sweet. Hannah and I just kind of watch stuff outside of the podcast. We just want to talk about stuff too and kind of create something on our own together. So this is Cinemines, our new podcast, which has started recording in 2021. I won't give you a date because I don't know when this is going to post. <laughs> However, we're going to start jumping into the movie that we have watched this week. This week's we watched The Green Book. (laughs) (laughs) The Green Book, the 2018 biography of, uh, man, I don't even remember his name. Don Shirley? Don Shirley and Tony Lip. Don Shirley and Tony Lip. This is a movie that Hannah has been trying to get me to watch for a very, very, very long like, time. I think since we started dating. Yeah, we would walk by it at the store and she would point it out or she'd see it on a streaming service and be like, hey, we should watch this. And I'd be like, no, I know, I'm not in the mood for a movie like this. But it ended up being a really, really, really good movie. But mm-hmm. I wanted to let Hannah kind of talk about the movie some just because you know it's one of her favorites well it's funny because the very first time that i watched this movie i watched it with my sister and my brother-in-law and we picked up two movies to watch we picked up um oh do you know that movie it's um the with the muppets and it's like a lot it's like the a happy horror. time murders the happy time murders yes <laughs> that movie is terrible i it is love so it so stupid i love it's it so awful and wait we, why do you hate the happy time murders okay uh, Listen, we picked up that movie and we picked up the green book and we were trying to decide which one to watch first. And we're like, you know what? Happy Time Murders first. Because the cover probably looked fun. How bad could it be? And then the next thing I know, a Muppet it a is, is literally, it's all I see is a, a Muppet coming and it's like, it's like silly string all over the place. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Why are we watching this right now? Listen, Happy Time Murders. <laughs> Happy Time Murders is a bona fide masterpiece. It was also made right? in 2018, the same year as the Green Book. <laughs> yeah. Happy Time Murders is wonderful. Um, oh, man. It's... Uh, I, I don't know if I could ever watch it again. I think Once was enough for that movie. I, I totally could. The reviews for it are probably not very good. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up and see. Oh, someone put terrible but funny. Um, <laughs> that was me. I was like, it's kind of funny sometimes, but it's just so disturbing. Like, they go into, like... I'm assuming what is supposed to be like a whorehouse or something. And yeah, it's just, I, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. Well, I, I think the idea of having people act alongside like the puppets, I think that's what I liked the most about it. It was really um, weird and you don't see movies. They don't make movies like that right now or any, I mean, ever. Like we don't see like people acting alongside like physical, um, puppets or like physical like props it's always cgi and stuff but this whole movie was puppets and i thought it was yeah, it was, I thought uh, it was funny it was definitely an experience so we watched happy time murders first and then after that we were like okay that was a uh, um kind of traumatizing let's watch the green book now and we watched the green book and i'm so glad we saved that for last because it is such a beautiful movie it's just incredible viggo mortensen just i, I 
I just I love him so much. Like the very first time I saw Viggo Mortensen was of course in Lord of the Rings, which was his very first film ever. Um, and then I saw him in this, and I I didn't realize like how great of an actor he actually was. Like I mean, of course I loved him in Lord of the Rings. He's Aragorn, 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 Aragorn. How, you know, you preach to me about how I haven't seen Lord of the Rings. It's Aragorn. And you can't even I'm remember so sorry. the name of like the lead <laughs> character of Lord of the Rings. I'm it's pretty Aragorn. Su- I'm pretty sure it's Aragorn too. But it's I'm- Aragorn. Aragorn is the is the the dragon movie with that kid. Aragorn. <laughs> Aragorn is the dragon movie with the kid. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> Aragorn. Yeah, Aragorn is is Lord of the Rings. Uh, I hate you so much. I'm going to pull this up right now. I'm trying to. This is the Lord of the Rings, isn't it? Yeah, I pulled yeah. up uh, Fellowship of the Ring, but I don't see Viggo Mortensen's name. See full cast. Let's see, Mr. Viggo Mortensen. Where are you at? Right here. Aragorn. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah. So th- I saw him in that, and I thought he was fantastic, of course. Um, and then in this movie, I think he just took it to a whole new level. He was just so genuine and authentic with his acting and i don't think he's actually italian but his uh, italian accent was just like spot on in case he's from new york oh no no it was manhattan manhattan accent i was a, it was a bronx accent like it was like a new york like a brooklyn because that's where okay. that's where the movie starts out if i remember correctly but yeah mm-hmm. it was funny because i was talking to tyler about vigo mortensen after i watched this movie because i also didn't realize how wonderful of an actor he was because i have only seen him in the first lord of the rings movie but i was talking to tyler about this so i you can fact check me if you like people on the internet because i'm not entirely sure but Tyler told me that uh, Viggo Mortensen can actually speak nine languages. Wow. And uh, I that. Yeah, he can speak nine languages, and he's from New York. As you can see here, he's born in Manhattan, uh, New York. So his accent in the movie is just, it's, it's genuine. Just him talking, it's just yeah. him. It's just him and his, what he dealt with, you know, the, the, the accent that he grew up around when he was in New York. Well, I think it's such a beautiful movie because the, first of all, I am just, I, I love movies that are based in like, like the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I don't, I don't know why. It's just something about like I think like the 40s, era 40s to 60s is what I like. Era movies are just like my, my some of my favorites. And this was based in the 60s. And um, I think that it really did represent very well the life that just like happened like during that time. Like with the racism and with... Um, you know, the, the North versus the South and, um, just, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I, I, but I think that Viggo Mortensen and, uh, how do you say his name? Mashar. Mahershala. Oh, I feel so bad. I practiced it like 10 times before we started. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I think that, um, their relationship throughout the movie was, just beautiful I and then that's that's probably the most interesting part of the movie too is is their friendship but outside of that yeah like the racism and the and, and the way that the south acts and the north acts how they act a little bit differently from one another it's it's almost it's almost telling especially when you're thinking around like the juneteenth time mm-hmm. uh time of year june 19th because in this movie it, it's very blatantly known that in the northern states like upper in the new york area there's a lot more social any or I'm sorry, a social equality. Um, though there is still definitely there, there's racism in the area in the mm-hmm. north for sure, uh, much like there still is today. 
Um, but there's racism in the area. But whenever they go down south and they're going on this piano tour for Don Shirley, um, Viggo Mortensen plays his driver, by the way, if we haven't mentioned. But um, they drive down there, and the southern states are very, very, like, just very racist, for lack of a better term. But you know, but it also kind of shows you that, like, because everywhere that they went to in the south, everyone that, like, Don Shirley plays for, they, you know, they love him as a piano player, you know, but as a person, they don't love him. You know, and like the the moment that he stops playing the piano, it's like, okay, he's just another African American in the South, you know. And so I think that they did a really uh, a really good job at um, making that distinction. Whenever you know he was a piano player, and then when he was just another African American in the South, you know. Um, and you know, I would like to go through and uh, talk about each one of the characters, at least the the few that I'm seeing right here on IMDb. So we have Viggo Mortensen. Um, he's playing a, just a Italian bouncer who, uh, you know, he needs a job. He's out of work. He, he needs to make money for his home, but he can't really figure out what to do or where to go. He gets a lead that takes him to, um, Don Shirley's, uh, place where he tries to hire him on as a driver. But Viggo Mortensen's character, which let me see, I think it's Tony Lip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony Lip is the character. So he has he has a little bit of subtle racism going on uh, with himself, uh, which he kind of grows out of through over out over throughout the movie. But yeah, you the, see it at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, you see it at the beginning when there's a there's some plumbers working on his sink. But I think that in that scene, you can see that he's kind of struggling with it because it he talks to his family because his I'm assuming his brothers and his dad are there and they're like oh we have to we're just here to like make sure nothing like happens like you know to watch so I think that his um his I guess racism in that scene was influenced by his family that was there so I'm wondering if like you know what if his family wasn't there like would he have thrown those two glasses away that those two African Americans they never they never crossed my mind Though you're probably right, that that probably had a huge influence on it. Which, but I mean, at the same time, though, even when you think about the end of the movie, like when uh, Don Shirley walked into the room mm-hmm. and they were all about to have dinner, and they um, just with open arms for the most part, they they were like, "Hey, make him a plate, move over, let him sit at the table." But half the family was kind of unsure about it. But there was some of them that were like, "What the fuck are y'all doing? Like, let's do this." Mm-hmm. So I mean. Maybe, and, and maybe over time, maybe they knew that he was... Yeah, they did know. Actually, man, look at me connecting the dots while I'm sitting here talking about <laughs> it. Uh, they did know, yeah, because when mm-hmm. they went in the hotel, they were standing outside of it, and they're like, hey, why are you with him? Mm-hmm. And he's speaking Italian to him, and mm-hmm. then he goes back inside, and Don Shirley, you know, was like, hey, if you want to go work for them, you know, I'll double your pay, and I need you to stay with me, but... Yeah, so I guess they did figure out over time. So I, I'm guessing maybe the family came to terms with it is what I'm assuming, but mm-hmm. I really can't say for certain. But that's pretty much Viggo Mortensen's character. He is a driver. So he's the guy that is taking Don Shirley to his different piano shows. And speaking of him, uh, we also have Don Shirley, uh, the mm-hmm. character himself, played by Mahershala Ali, uh, who was also, this is, I'm fairly certain, the first movie that I've ever seen him in. I'm about to double check that. But um, let me see. Let he me was see. for me. I, I don't think I've ever seen him in any other movie or, um, he or def- show or anything. 
He definitely... Oh, he, he's playing Blade in the new Blade movie. Ain't that swell? He's been in a lot of stuff, but as you'll know if you've listened to my other podcast, I don't watch a lot of movies. He was in The Hunger Games. Okay, so I saw The Hunger Games Part 3. But he wasn't a lot of stuff. Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. But this is the first movie where I've actually, like, I guess, seen him as a lead actor. But, yeah, so he played uh, Donald Shirley, the piano player from the 1960s, um, who was dealing with uh, racism and, uh, you know, trying to be a successful piano player at the same time. And he was gay as well. And he was gay, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I, I mean, honestly, before I watched this movie, I didn't know who Donald Shirley was. I didn't know. I didn't know either before I saw this movie. Yeah, I didn't know. I I've mean, I don't. I don't keep up with a whole lot of music from the '60s. Maybe outside of like the big hitters, like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and stuff. But I had never. Uh, yeah, but he's not even like a '60s piano player. You know what I mean? Like he played classical music. Is what he liked to play. So you probably wouldn't have ever listened to that music anyway. You don't really. You're not really a classical music type of guy. I would well, say. it can be if it's like. Um, I guess like the older stuff like Beethoven, like Mozart stuff. But like, I don't, even that I don't listen to a whole lot, but I, I mean, I still appreciate it for what it is, mm-hmm. Yeah, me but, too. but cool. So that was him. I mean, he's just the piano player in the movie, but he's also dealing with a lot of like, you know, identity issues, um, racial, uh, issues coming to terms with himself. Uh, not, uh, not only for Tony, but like for his own people. Cause he felt yeah. like he was segregated from his own people, which yeah. was very mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. And then there was uh, the wonderful Linda Cardellini, who is in the movie, who plays Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies. And she also played uh, um, the big sister in Freaks and Geeks, and I love that show. That's actually the very first time I'd ever saw her was in Freaks and Geeks. Um, it's like, I think, like, maybe two seasons. Maybe it's just one season. I don't remember. Um, but it, it's a pretty funny show. But that's the first time I ever saw her. Uh, and then, of course, I saw her as Velma. But I just thought she was just incredible in this movie um but her part is really really small though it is small but i appreciated her for just who she was in this movie you know i think that she did a really good job at um being like the grounding person for tony lip you know like she wasn't afraid like she she wasn't like racist at all like she was very She's um, very open. Mm-hmm. She's very open-minded. She yeah. was she was very like the, sweet. the grounding for him. Mm-hmm. So like the reason like it gave Don Shirley a reason to kind of teach uh Tony Lip how to write better and how to speak better because he wanted to do more for his wife mm-hmm. and and she was always there kind of on the back end. She didn't really have a whole lot of lines in the entire movie, but she was always there and you kind of always knew that uh that was the person he was trying to come home for her and his uh, his kids. Yeah, she was a she was a sweet character. Yeah, was there any parts in the movie that are your favorite parts? Um, the part whenever Don Don Shirley and Tony Lip are in the diner eating, um, that part that scene was my favorite. Um, there's just a joke in there that Viggo Mortensen uh, says that just makes me laugh. I don't and I don't remember what it is at this moment because we watched it like a week and a half ago, so it's kind of slipped my mind, but. I just remember that scene in general was al- was always really funny, um, but I don't know. I I just like the whole movie just as a whole. Like I just think it's such a such a beautiful, beautifully told movie um, about that time. And um, I like, I, I, but I'm a sucker for like for movies that are based on true stories. Anyway, like if it's based on a true story, 
I'm more than likely going to fall in love with it. Well, I mean, she's a sucker for it if it's based on a true story and it's not a horror movie. What horror movies are based on true story? The Conjuring movies. Okay. All three of them. I just don't, I just, I I just don't think that that's real. So I, they're just too scary. They're they're Mm. too scary. I mean, they are, they are a little Hollywoodified. There, there is stuff in those movies that did not happen, but that the basis of the story is what's true. So I mean, I love true true stories, but I don't know about that. But now all of a sudden, I don't know about that. All of a sudden, these movies ain't what you're having. (laughs) Yeah, the the country movies are not my uh, they're not my style. I'm not really about them, but I think they're great. I'm not really about anything that makes me feel scared. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I had to give you a favorite part. I liked it when he, so towards the end of the movie, uh, Don Shirley's about to do his final show and he wants to eat at the restaurant Mm. that all the white people are eating at because he is the star of the show. And they, they kind of like roll out this, this red carpet per se for him. They give him like the best parking spot and they, they make him really seem like he's this important figure. And by the time he gets inside, they decide, you know, but hey, you still can't eat with the rest of everybody else that you have to go eat elsewhere, um, which is, I don't remember specifically where. There was a place down the street, but there was somewhere on the grounds he could have eaten, but they... Well, they, they said, we can get you food and then you can go eat it. And they called it oh. a dressing room, but it, he was like, I'm not eating in that broom closet because, right. he, they, you know, they put him up in a broom closet. Right, that is true. Um, and then he refused to do it. And I, and I liked that part of the movie because it was when, it's when Don Shirley finally decided to stand up for himself. It was when he decided, you know, I'm tired of these people being racist. Uh, Tony Lip doesn't have to beat the shit out of him. Like, I just, he wanted to stand up to him and he did. And even if it was written in his contract that he would, you know, he had to do the show, he didn't care. He just left and went and had a much better time at the the bar uh, little show house down the street. I don't remember the name of it. It was like the Orange something or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I don't remember but either. Yeah, he, uh, he went down the street to a little venue and uh, he played the piano there and it was a much better time for him. He enjoyed it and it, it was a great moment. It was a very poignant moment in the movie. And I thought, I thought that was a good kind of coming together moment and... That and of course with the end of the movie when they they met up for dinner at the end that was cool too. You know I like the <laughs> I like the part whenever he tries KFC for the first time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when Viggo Mortensen pulls over is like you, you, we're gonna get KFC in Kentucky like you know like, like we have to and, and like he gets like a big bucket of it <laughs> and he just makes Don. He's Shirley like you try don't have it. any forks and plates. He's like no you just eat it with your fingers. <laughs> You just eat it. And he's just like... <laughs> he's like, what you quit whining? Take it. I'm going to drop it. <laughs> Take it. And he's like, not on my blanket. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that, man. that was a really good... That's probably my second favorite part. I forgot that was in there. Yeah. Uh, that, that's really good. <laughs> that's a good scene. Really good back and forth. They had really good... Um, Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala, are, Mahershala Ali, they both had really good chemistry on screen together. Absolutely. So they, they did really well. Um, Linda Carlini did very well. There's a lot of other people in the movie too. Um, much smaller parts. Yeah, much much smaller parts mm-hmm. um, in the movie, but that's fine. I mean, overall though, I mean, as at the cast as a whole, loved it. Um, Peter Farrelly is the director of this movie. Um, I don't think. Oh no, I have. He made a Dumb and Dumber. That's a very weird transition. You know, someone asked me if I 
uh, liked that movie yesterday and I was like not really and then we brought up Napoleon Dynamite and I was like oh, I love Napoleon Dynamite and they're like oh it's weird that you like Napoleon Dynamite but not Dumb and Dumber and I'm like well I'm not a huge Jim Carrey fan which we can get into that in another podcast but um, yeah so Dumb it, and Dumber is a classic like that is really good it's a really good movie I like Dumb and Dumber a lot but it's what's what's funny is that he directed Dumb and Dumber and then also directed The Green Book and Osmosis Jones that's kind of a that's very kind of crazy. Movies for sure. It's kind of uh, an interesting lineup. Oh my god! Oh, he he was the producer for Me, Myself, and Irene. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, and Shallow Hall. It's really interesting to me how how a director could make a ton of comedies, like all these comedies that he's been a producer on, and all of a sudden it's like the guy that made um, Joker. I'm trying to remember. Oh, that's such a good movie. The guy that directed Joker, because the guy that directed Joker. Let me find out. I'm pulling it up. Uh, Todd Phillips. He, I believe, also did... Okay, yeah, he did the Hangover movie, mm-hmm. and then he did Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he also did a bunch of comedies, and then he made Joker, which was phenomenal. It was a great oh, movie. Man. Yeah, it was Joker, a great movie. Joker was incredible. Yeah, it's a really good movie. So, uh, outside of that, I mean, I'm surprised that someone that could make all these comedies can make such a, a moving drama. Is what I'm surprised about, but it's it's good that it turned out well. You know, it's good that the that the drama that he directed after directing like so many comedies turned out as well as it did. You know, but I think that that's part of the reason maybe why this movie was a little bit light. You know, whenever like the funny moments were were funny to me anyway. Um, so I think that you know maybe. It was probably good that he had directed all those comedies before um, because, you know, this could be a very hard movie to watch, I think. And so I think that, you know, there being light moments within the movie, um, it, it, it just made the movie like, be- like better, I think. Very nice. If you, well, for this podcast, are we going to rate movies or do we just talk about movies? I think we should rate them. You want to rate them? I do. Like out of 10? Yes, out of 10. Hmm. Okay. Then I guess at the end of every one of these little podcasts, we're going to rate films now. Uh, so I've never, we never do that on our other podcast. We usually just talk about them. So if you want hardcore ratings, this is the place to be. <laughs> so Hannah, if you had to rate the green book out of 10, what would you give it? I would get it, give it probably like a 8.7. 8.7 is pretty respectable. I'd probably give it a solid eight um, because I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think that it does kind of drag in some spots. I think that I think they pressed on the racism a whole lot. Like there was a lot of racist scenes Mm -hmm. and I think that the movie could have done better with maybe like one or two less scenes about the racism because I mean we got it the first few times like there was a lot of racial tension there. Well I think that it was like the farther south you go, the worse it gets. So I think that they had to press on it a little bit in each place that they went to to kind of show you the progression of the racism yeah. going like more south. Yeah, I suppose you're right. But at the same time, I feel like I could have done... I would have appreciated more if there was more... What do you call it? Like relationship building between Tony Lip and uh, Don. I liked the scenes where it was like... You know, they were just like talking about their life, like when they were sitting in the hotel and they mm-hmm. were talking about, he was like, how'd you learn how to play piano like that? And then mm-hmm. he's like, he's, he's telling him how and where he learned and 
what is his life was like growing up. I thought scenes like that were really well done too when they try to like really get to know each other. But mm-hmm. uh, overall though, it's a great film. And if you haven't seen the green book, I do recommend watching it. I know we kind of spoiled a whole lot of it here. Um, it's kind of the point of these little review podcasts, but um, even if you haven't seen it, even if you've listened to this podcast, please give it a listen or give it a watch. I'm sorry. This is a podcast, not a movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, give it, give it a watch. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. I think uh, it was it was a lot better than I expected it to be. I picked it up at the store. It was like 15 bucks when I bought it. Um, just because Hannah talked about it so much, so I figured maybe it'd be worth owning. Um, I do think it's worth owning. That's I'm gonna pencil that in on my reviews too. Is a movie worth owning or mm-hmm. not? I own it too. I so. think I think this is worth purchasing for sure. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else you want to add? about the green book is there anything you want to talk about specifically or no i would just say if you haven't seen it watch it because it's it's a good movie it is very well done it's very beautiful very nice cool so this is the end of our first podcast so if you guys have any suggestions for like movies you want us to do in the future or anything like that um keep an eye out for an email that i'm going to start either talking about in the middle of the podcast or i'm sorry like at the beginning or the end um, and I'm going to start including it into the, the descriptions on stuff. So whenever you see this posted, you'll see the email down there to give us suggestions. But uh, this has been Austin and Hannah with Cinemines. It's such a sexy name, Cinemines. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. So, y'all, you have a good one. See you later. Bye. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs>